0: If it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a rebuild. That's what's happening, and uh, I'm going to tell you why it's happening and who are the Reds' biggest trade pieces this offseason. That's coming up on today's Locked on Reds podcast. Thanks for joining. Let's get started. You are Locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You have found the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr, super fan and crazed addict of the Cincinnati Reds. Seriously, I'm never going to quit these guys. Also covered local sports from different angles. I also write for allbearcats.com. Let me. Cincinnati sports also got the chance to go to a Cyclones game the other day first time ever that was a lot of fun dollar beer night seeing people stack beer cans lots of fights lots of fun that was that was some good stuff fights on the ice that is you know hockey fights the fun stuff anyway let's talk about these Reds because the messaging is clear And I I know that there's lots of takes out there, and I agree with them for the most part that the next move will really tell us what's going on with this Reds team, but I feel like they've tipped their hand. They've said all the things of rebuild and this and that and the other. But uh, Bobby Nightingale has an article out in the Inquirer, and we're going to have him on next week here on the podcast to talk about that article and to talk about the Reds' current positioning and what they have told us, uh, the whole realigning payroll and the whole we're going to make the budget and, and, and all that stuff and we're going to make sure that everything lines up. Definitely not the kind of thing that gets you enthused. Now, they could go out and make some savvy trades. They could go out and flip Castillo for a couple of guys who are young, controllable, very cheap guys, and the same goes for Sonny Gray. What's most likely to happen, though? I think what's most likely to happen is we're probably getting guys who are a year or two away who are AAA, maybe even double-A guys, and so we're going to have to recalibrate a little bit here, but more on that in just a minute. Here's why the Reds are in this position. Dick Williams was aggressive, and I will always say thank you to his tenure. Thank you for what he did in building a competitive Reds team. But if we're honest and when we look at where the Reds are right now, his aggressiveness and how he was focused on winning now and not on payroll numbers, something this ownership group Obviously took issue with I've said it multiple times. It's very obvious that Dick Williams was stiff arming ownership whenever he was making all these moves to improve the team and make them good and spend the money that this ownership group is now saying they will go out and try to save this money. So that is why we are here. That's why ownership feels as though they have to cut payroll and they have to realign everything to their budget because it got all out of whack. It got all oh hey we're gonna go win ball games. We're not gonna worry about the bottom line. Yeah, now ownership has control of things again because they have their dude Nick Crawl in the general manager seat. Again, that's no knock on Nick crawl I get it. I understand. If they tell you this is what you got to do to get that promotion, you're probably going to do it. And that's what Nick crawl is doing. Signs of this happening stem all the way back to last offseason where the Reds willingly took a step back when they didn't have to. I know they were saying pandemic and they lost money and this and that and the other. There were some teams that, like, just completely shunned that and went for it and spent money. Or he could be like the Braves and not necessarily spend a ton of money, but still be buyers, still go for it, not trade away important things and then create this hole for your team. The bullpen, while it was a question mark, was not a problem. Then it became a problem after they traded Iglesias and Bradley. And there we are. And honestly, when you look at it, they managed scared. They managed worrying about money and worrying about what the future was going to hold. There, there was something, a criticism that Ken Rosenthal had of the way that the Reds treated the Wade Miley situation in that it seemed like it could have been easy to pick up that $10 million option and And then turn around and trade him in spring training, maybe after the pitching market had dried up. You were able to then tout this dude who pitched really well last season and is pretty cost effective. But the Reds didn't want to do anything with that. They just wanted to make sure they didn't have to spend any money whatsoever. And they got rid of him by waving him. They manage scared. Now... Faced with the departure of one of their brightest stars from 2021, Nick Castellanos. Who I get it. He so he won. By the way, congrats, to Nick Castellanos. He got the Silver Slugger, one of three outfield Silver Sluggers for the National League. He officially received that award yesterday. His best career of his year, uh, best career of his best year of his career. Let's get that right. By far. And, uh, but, and he said all the right things. He says, yeah, you know, we, we have a great team. We have great pieces. Um, I would love to come back, things like that. But again, this is about making money for players as much as it is for owners. It's just, if a player comes out and says that it's all about the bottom line, then he gets destroyed. And for some reason, if owners come out and say it's about the bottom line, people try to defend that in some way. That seems like a double standard, whatever, but faced with uh, his departure, coupled with the remaining question marks attached to high dollar sign players like Moose and Suarez and 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 if we're frank, Joey Votto, even though I still think he's going to be pretty close to what he gave us this past season and not like what we saw in 2019 and 2020. But uh, with all of that put together, all mixed in with an unwillingness to overpay for a championship, here we are. That's why we're talking about the R word. That's why I don't think it's uh, overly pessimistic to say that. And I, I'm not trying to be pessimistic because now we're going to take that, understand that. We, we've got to understand the point of view of the Reds' ownership. I'm not saying you got to agree with it. you just got to understand where it's coming from because these are the people that run the team. Like it or not, how much we might complain, how much I might hate it, how much you might hate it, we are not changing their minds. So, to be a Reds fan, you've got to understand this is where it's coming from and this is where it's going. We're going to talk about that in some more depth. I, I've got some, uh, a couple of, two guys, obvious, two obvious dudes who could really bring back a lot of talent, whether it be at the AAA level and hopefully be in the major leagues in a year or two, or at the AA level in you know maybe a year or two or maybe three years, something like that. And then I've got one guy that I hope they don't trade, but I can see his value. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I love this time of year. It's Thanksgiving. I love all the food. I'm a huge turkey a huge stuffing guy. Give me all the stuffing. I love it. And, and when you're talking about mashed potatoes and gravy, mm mm, mm. Good stuff. Plus, you've got all the great desserts. But if you're looking to maybe not load up on half of a pumpkin pie, I know I am, and maybe I shouldn't, but whatever, and maybe you want to get that snack feeling without the unhealthiness, reach for a Built Bar. Built Bar is going to satisfy that snack craving, but it's healthy for you. We're talking about less than 4 grams of fat, less than 4 grams of net carbs, and up to 18 grams of protein but it tastes like a candy bar, not chalky, not tasteless. It's not like you're eating a block of nothing built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, whether they be milk chocolate, dark chocolate, or white chocolate in some cases. And you've got amazing, great flavors all month long, all through the month of November, check built.com to see what kind of limited time flavors are rolling in and out. And, Coming up, Black Friday, they've got this great deal coming up. I mean, it's Black Friday, so there's going to be great deals, but they're keeping it kind of a secret. So you're going to have to check Built.com on Black Friday, but they say it's a lot of great stuff that's going to be happening on Black Friday. That's Built.com. And up until Black Friday, if you want a deal, type in the promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% off your next order. That's Built.com and the promo code LOCKED15. Thanks again for making Lockdown Reds your first listen, hashtag first listen of the day. Uh, Let's talk about some guys that uh, should the Reds continue on this path, which it sounds like they are, and we continually, so uh, last offseason, we heard Luis Castillo rumors. This offseason, we're hearing them far earlier on in the offseason than we did last year. Last year, it was around the winter meetings. It was around the time when you hear rumors about just about anybody. Now we're hearing it from the word go from day one. We're hearing the Mariners are interested. We're hearing the Marlins are looking at this and we're hearing the different teams are calling about Castillo and gray. They're very interested. So let's start there. Two guys who could really, uh, if they want to get the most out of this rebuild, if they want to do it right, these are the first two guys you got to trade. Number one, Luis Castillo, and I hate it. I love Luis Castillo. La Piedra, I always get up for La Piedra day and get to watch him pitch and see what he does. That beautiful fastball and the changeup that just absolutely makes you just want to just... Oh, I love that changeup. But the Reds are pointing in the direction of a rebuild. And if they're going to maximize that, if they're not going to mess this up like they did last time, like they absolutely... They, they, they were just terrible last time in trading away players for future talent they didn't do that. I mean name see name five players currently on the roster who the Reds got in trades from the years 2014 through 2016. I don't think there are five. I mean you're talking about some really good players talking about guys who will forever be met just etched in my memory guys that i will always have fond memories of playing in red's uniforms and when the reds went to trade them they brought back guys that just it, it, it makes you look back on the Frank Robinson for Wally Pipp deal and just be like yeah that worked or not Wally Pipp but whatever you know what i'm saying yeah it's it just they were terrible deals yeah i got i got that all <clears throat> wires crossed there but They've got to hit this, and they can hit on really good trades with Luis Castillo starting off because Castillo is highly coveted, whether you're talking about NL or AL. Guys want Luis Castillo on their team because he has – absolute obvious ace material, whether you're talking about his stuff, whether you're talking about his mechanics, he's super healthy. He can keep it rolling and he's got two years of control. So you don't have to like trade for him and sign him to an extension immediately. You can work on that. If you're the team trading for Luis Castillo, plus when you trade a dude with two years of control, you actually have an ability to negotiate a better trade I know that the Reds, this was the worst thing that they did during that period of 2014 and 2016. They waited until a dude was at his lowest value and on his contract year to then finally try and think about trading. him. I get it, the whole aspect of, you want fan favorites to stick around, don't you? I want wins. I want a winning franchise. Fan favorites, that, that stuff will take care of itself. Like don't stick the guys when they're past their prime or past their highest value worth of trading them. Luis Castillo right now, his value might be higher at the midpoint of this season if he starts off the way that he pitched from June on last year, but it's pretty high right now and probably worth exploring some serious trades, because I think you can get maybe one Major League Ready guy right now and maybe a couple of either AAA or AA guys in a trade for Luis Castillo, and you don't have to go about adding in this or that to try and sweeten the pot. Hell, maybe you can even throw in Mike Moustakis or something like that, get a bad contract out of here as well. I mean, that'd be an interesting idea, but uh, that's all up to Nick crawl. What else is up to Nick Kroll? What he gets for Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray is the number two guy that I would trade out of here. He might be the number two valuable, but I got an argument with that here coming up in just a second. But first, let's talk about Sonny Gray. He's got five good innings in him. We've seen that. He is really good at pitching five good innings, and that is where Major League Baseball is moving. Too many people are just like, man, why didn't he go six? Why didn't he go seven? The game of baseball is moving to a thing where you've got a starter who pitches five innings and you have a stellar bullpen that finishes the other four. And you've got like a long guy, maybe he eats one or two of those innings and all that great stuff in between. So he fits the mold of pretty much all of the analytically ran teams around the league. Technically, he's got two years of control. He has a team option for 2023 in the realm of $12 million. Again, that's not a team option that they're going to pick up because if they didn't pick up Wade Miley for 10, they're not going to pick up Sonny Gray for 12. So you trade him, you get two years of control if you're somebody else, and I believe the Reds could get some good players back for Sonny Gray. Now, here's the thing that I have to say about value and about who they should trade as opposed to who they – could trade and get more value, the second most valuable guy, and I don't have a picture for him, but the second most valuable guy on the Reds organization that they could trade and get a lot back for is Jesse Winker. I don't want them to do that. I want them to build around Jesse Winker. I want him and Jonathan India to be the cornerstones of this lineup come like two or three years down the road. I want them to extend Jesse Winker, and I want them to build around them. And I also want them to build around Tyler Malley, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But Jesse Winker value-wise... Excuse me. Sorry about that. Value-wise, Jesse Winker is probably right below Luis Castillo. Talking about a young dude who's shown oodles of talent. He's an amazing hitter. He's okay defensively. He's definitely a corner outfielder for anybody. He should still remain a corner outfielder for the Reds, though they've tried to play him in the center field before. But he also has two years of control, and he's in the prime of his career. It's not as if he's at the end of his prime. He's right in the middle of it, maybe even right at the beginning of it. So there's two things here. They could get a ton for him if they put him in a trade, but I think that they should build around it. And that's my segue into our next segment. The guys who the Reds should buy into. The guys who should be part of this team's core whenever they are hopefully back in contention. Oh man, I really hope it's only like two or three years that we have to worry about all of this trading people away and getting people back who can help the future. Whatever, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Before I tell you about that, though, I want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag has a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head on over to BetOnline's number one spot for basketball and football that they've revamped. Whether it be on the desktop or the mobile site, set up your profile today and use the promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus just for typing that in. That's locked on. more on your first deposit. From basketball, football, baseball futures bets, NHL, UFC, and boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Head there today, set up your profile with the promo code locked on, and get 50% added onto your initial deposit because betonline.ag is where the game starts. I want to close up today with some positive thoughts because we've talked about the idea of the Reds are probably looking to rebuild. And the reason that I say that is number one one, trust. I don't really trust this front office to go out and trade for major league ready or major league talent right now. Major league ready is a different story. They are looking to fill this roster with as many minimum contracts, I think. They've not said that. They're not going to say that because Lord knows, if anything, realigning payroll even sounds better than that. But I think that if they had their way, if they could get a team that was at least competitive, that is fielded mainly by rookie minimum deals, like we're talking $575,000, $600,000 guys, then that's what they're going to shoot for. And I think that that is kind of a stretch to think that they are going to be able to go out there and make the deals necessary to keep their current competition level even with where it is right now. I think we're taking a step back in 2022. That's just going to happen. Change your expectations right now, I said it yesterday on the podcast. We were building this checklist of things for the Reds to do this offseason to make sure they make it back to the playoffs in 2022. we got to blow that up. We're starting over because it's totally different now. Because here's what's next. They need to commit to a couple of dudes. Uh, when you talk about the three guys that I mentioned, the best trade assets that they have, I definitely want them to keep Winker. He just, he'd just he be super valuable in a trade, but I definitely want them to keep Winker. The number one thing now that they have to do, I get it, they're not going for free agents. I get it, they're not going to go trade for more payroll. The one thing that they've got to do where they spend money is they've got to extend Tyler Malley. They've got to sign a contract extension with him for at least four years. He should get a four-year deal And they should hold on to him for the remainder of his arbitration eligibility, two years, and two years of his free agency period of his career. You sign him for a four-year deal, you're in business. You've got your ace that now, since Castillo and Gray have been traded, Tyler Malley is your ace of the staff. Then you can commit to more innings for Vladimir Gutierrez, you call up. Hunter Green and Nick Ladello and install them into the rotation. None of this, well, they'll compete for a spot. No, we get it. These are the guys. These are the future. uh, Nick Ladello and Hunter Green are the future of Cincinnati Reds pitching. Let's just go ahead and call it what it is. Trade Castillo, trade Gray, really load up on some dudes and put Green and Ladello into the rotation. You'll actually get some people kind of excited about that. I would be one of them. And then the one free agent that they should go get is some sort of innings eater. We're probably talking about a dude who has an ERA around four and a half, maybe even five, but a guy who's going to eat some innings out of the fifth starter spot, at least for the first part of the year, until you really feel like you've got somebody else that you can install a young guy, or maybe it's a revolving door of young guys. But before you overextend some of them, Bring in a veteran guy who's an innings eater that you can install. This is where I'm kind of thinking of like the Scott Feldman's of the world. I'm not saying that Scott Feldman be the opening day starter. We've already done that, but hopefully they get a guy like that and put him in the fifth starter spot. Don't ask him to be the ace. Tyler Malley is the ace. You bring in some vet dude who can pitch fifth. And no, I'm not talking about Jeff Hoffman. I don't want to see Jeff Hoffman starting. If anything, I want to see him relieving. And ideally, I want to see him pitching for a different team. That's just what I feel about Jeff Hoffman. We fans need to come to terms with the fact that they're not competing for the playoffs in 2022. I hate saying that. I get it. I It sucks. All right? I, I don't like it. I'm not here for it. But I think that's where we've got to retrain our brains. We've got to understand that Nick Crawl is not going out and adding to this roster. Nick Crawl is not going out and filling holes. Nick Crawl, if anything's probably going to create some holes, but he's going to bring in young talent. That is where he needs to be uh, evaluated. That is where we fans need to hold him accountable. What kind of talent are you going to get back when you make these payroll aligning trades? Because that's what's going to happen payroll lining, and things that aren't exciting, but can help the future and kind of re-steer this team into the future in a positive way. That's what we're going to be focused on here for the rest of this offseason, taking a look at what the Reds are doing, how does it affect the immediacy of this team, but also how does it affect the future, because we're back here again. We're back here where we were, and like... I'm going to be optimistic and say where we were in 2018, where it feels like we're close, but we're just not quite there yet. I'm not I'm not into the pessimism hole right now where I'm thinking that this is like 2016, where it's like, oh, this is going to take forever. I, I, I think that they're close. It just depends on what Nick Crawl does next. And that is where everybody has a little bit of worry in. Because I don't know that we trust them. I don't know that he's earned it either. All right. Coming up on Monday, I'm hoping that we're going to be talking about some good. We're going to be talking about Jonathan India for the next couple of days. And then next week on Wednesday, we will have Bobby Nightingale from the Enquirer on to talk about the Reds' new direction and how he perceives all of this. Am I being a little overreactionary and thinking that this is a rebuild or is it right on? We'll talk about all of that next week, right here on the lockdown reds podcast. Thank you for watching and making me your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen locked on bets, your boy Q and Lee Sterling. I just saw something that over the last 14 weeks, if you had taken every single one of their tips over the last 14 weeks, you would have made money 12 out of the 14 weeks. That's, is some phenomenal statistics check out locked on bets they'll help you make some money over at betonline.ag and just like locked on reds we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts look it's the off season but here we are locked on reds every single day